Chapter 49 The Ship Hunt Dried sticks were gathered and weathered planks the dead kalapadi and his band of sailors were duly cremated senadipati budi vikramakesari shaking his head over the whole business as the pyre began to burn bright caught sight of the tears streaming down the prince's cheeks why waste emotions on these corpses ayya rogues that came here to imprison you ah god has truly given these treacherous wretches the death they deserve he said with a good deal of relish why must you bemoan their demise not traitors senadipati and neither do i regret their deaths arunmuri varmar's expression was bleak if there's anything i lament it is that the fate of the choranada has come to this the time sawed and turned against us with the advent of the parvetarius this is nothing new after all but it is senadipati to hear of sailors mutinying against their captain defying their superiors what worse fate could befall a rajyam this is just the beginning a small sign that rot has begun to set in and i shudder to think of how many other terrible omens might appear because if so then the empire built stone by stone the samrajyam almost single handedly erected by the great vijayalaya chodar would splinter into pieces must i be the cause of such wholesale destruction i've heard tales from the mahabharatam that wolves and jackals howled horribly when duryodhanan was born and i can't help but think that such a terrible portent must have occurred at mine too every sign of prosperity every good omen that has ever been recorded in this world were observed at the auspicious moment of your birth ayya the astrologers who divined your blessed horoscope oh oh enough for god's sake enough my ears are numb listening to endless tales of my tremendously marvelous horoscope so let us leave it be the time has truly come for us to bid farewell to each other and here i must beg of you a favor should the defecting sailors ever return to you do not receive them imprison every last one at once and dispatch them to tanjay we certainly heard the kalapadi story your highness but as to the sailors side of the tale how may we come to a decision based on one faction's account no no that would hardly be in the interests of justice if you will indulge me i have a better notion you shall accompany me and together we shall listen to the sailors and determine the truth or otherwise of beg pardon ayya but that really is not possible at this time use your discretion for i can't stay here another moment the prince stared around him where on earth is that boatman whatever for demanded the senadipati pray where do you wish to go in such a hurry your highness must you even ask the ship that's carrying vandyatevan of course hasn't that lion that warrior among warriors risked his life and limb and found himself in the grasp of those demonic arabs just because he believed himself to be going to my rescue how could you even think that i would leave him to his fate as if my crimes until now haven't been enough you wish me to crumple under the weight of betraying a friend as well do you you have committed no crime that i know of ayya and no matter what your explanation the world certainly would not believe you and then vandyatevan 
an unprincipled brat your highness and a ruffian who does not believe in forethought in the slightest how could you consider yourself responsible for the result of his idiotic brash actions as for all the soaring talk of betrayal <laughs> forgive me but i must reveal my extreme aversion at you even befriending a loathsome youth such as this without name or clan and certainly not the status that would allow intimacy surely only those of the same rank may maintain even a semblance of friendship i have no patience for this idle talk sainadipati even if there is no question of friendship there is such a thing as gratitude and haven't we all heard valluvar's couplets about that particular emotion not to mention a host of other great men no i cannot and will not allow such a slur cast upon the chora name on that account i shall leave at once and hunt down the ship by what means my prince and how pray do you intend to conduct this much wanted hunt i shall have to command your boat of course now here's a pretty tale who ever heard of hunting a tiger with a hare running down a ship of the high seas with a puny boat such as this fit only for paddling in shallow waters and what do you intend to do when you do capture it i wonder i don't care i shall take that boat and if it splinters i shall clamber on to some plank and make my way i shall find vandya devan's ship even if it carries him across the seven seas and if i cannot save him after all this then i shall die with him where is the dratted boatman the prince walked forward as he said this staring all around him and discovered said boatman deep in conversation with pungareli at some distance beside them stood umairani and the prince hurried towards them drawing close he saw that pungareli was arguing furiously and that her eyes were glistening with unshed tears good god what's this the words burst out from him not another mutiny abruptly the boatman flung himself at the prince's feet like a felled tree <laughs> forgive me forgive me your highness i was blinded by my desire for wealth forgive this rash fool for his treachery forgive me he sobbed what on earth ponnin selvar blinked are you bent on driving me completely out of my senses all of you couldn't you enlighten me pungareli i kept this from you because i was ashamed your highness but this boatman is my elder brother and he This wretch was the one who ferried the two murderous rogues burning to kill you from Kodikarai to Ilangai. What's worse, he's been waiting here all this while in obedience to their instructions and when he saw them, ferried them across to that ship we saw this morning, she gasped. And that's the one your friend boarded. Kill me, Prabhu. Cut me into pieces this very instant. The boatman shrieked in anguish. I did not know. I did not know that they were such scoundrels or I would not have done it. Take my life with your own hands. <laughs> your life is invaluable to me at the moment, Apne. Take me as well to that ship, and it shall be reparation for all the wrongs you have done to me," answered the prince calmly. "Come, get up now, and let's leave." They hastened to the shore, where the boatman dragged his craft from the beach into the water. The prince, meanwhile, scrutinized the sea carefully, shading his eyes. "There, I can see the ship still," he exclaimed. we can get to them the senadipati stared at the vessel in the distance as well good lord he snapped suddenly the fruit has slipped into the milk as the saying goes has it now the prince looked bemused and why would such auspicious words come from you the ship that is still in our line of sight isn't the one vandya devan boarded but rather the one belonging to parthipendran 
Trace the direction. It is sailing from Trikonamalai. Can you not see? I can, said the prince slowly. And if that's the case, excellent. Parthibendra's motive in coming here might be unclear, but he's certainly chosen the right moment to do so. Fair enough, I shall hunt the leopard with a lion. But I'm not going to wait until the ship reaches us. I shall be ferried halfway. I think, if I may accompany your highness. Not at all, Senadipati. I shall consider it a service beyond par should you remain here. And that goes for you too, Tirumalai. Besides, you're afraid of the sea, aren't you? It's true that we don't quite see eye to eye, your highness. Besides, I intend to stay behind, for my orders to keep you under observation hold only as long as you stay in Ilangai. Chief Minister Aniruddhar is in Madurai as well, and I must apprise him of all that has transpired. Do so. I understand you ought to remain here. And so must you, Pungurali. Don't worry about your brother. He's my responsibility now. You mentioned that you'd left your boat tied up somewhere hereabouts, didn't you? Well, you may find it and go your own way. I shall never forget your aid. Cheche, dry your eyes, my girl. What will the people here think to see you shedding tears? The prince approached Umairani now and bent in a bid to touch her feet. The lady stopped him, raised him by the shoulders and gave her benediction with a loving embrace. He leapt into the boat the next instant. Those left on shore gazed at the small craft bobbing away. The prince turned to stare at them as well. And although his gaze took in all of them, it was drawn to one in particular, the lovely, tear-drenched eyes of Pungurali. And, ah, how surprising. Instead of growing smaller with distance, as was the law of nature, her face grew larger for some reason. Larger and larger, and coming close, so close to him with every instant. He shook himself and turned away. Something rose to the surface from within the depths of his memory, a fragment of his dream from the night before, and spread before his mind's eye. Thambi, whispered Ilayapirati Kundavai, don't forget that Vanadi awaits you here. The low words reverberated in his ears, drowning out even the thunderous roar of the choppy sea waves. <laughs>